0: Welcome to those of you who are online and just joining us now for the remainder of our service. We're here to to worship our God, and one of the main ways we're going to be worshiping our God this morning is by celebrating what he has been doing in people's lives. So you're actually coming to a morning where the majority of what we are going to do here is share stories of how God's been at work
1: in people's lives here recently. Um, and And that is an offering of worship to our God. So let's pray. Lord, there are flowers here in front of me,
0: and there uh, was the reminder this morning from someone that today is the first day of spring, and there's a few chuckles, and uh, we celebrate your sense of humor, but we also say thank you, that uh, a a day has come where we can say spring is here, and spring is coming, and it's good, and you are good. And Lord, this morning, we're going to hear about how spring has been coming in people's lives. Because you have been at work bringing new life, bringing healing and health and wholeness and new life through your spirit. Lord, would you make us people who not only hear a story and go, I'm really happy for that person, but hear it in such a way. That we recognize that what you do for one person, you can and want to do for another. So, Lord, this morning, may we, may we grab on to the things that you are doing in people's lives and say, I claim that as precedent for my own life. Because, Lord, we, we want to be people who come more alive in you all the time. We, we want to be people where we allow you to move and bring freedom and healing and wholeness in ways that
1: we really didn't expect and had stopped hoping for because it was easier. But Lord, we want to reframe our expectations around the expectations we see from Scripture
0: and the expectations that we get from your goodness. So Lord, would you make us people who engage with your goodness and engage you from a perspective of you being an entirely good father,
1: an entirely good Jesus, an amazing and perfect Holy Spirit, who, if God is for us, who can be against us? If God is for us, what can be against us? Lord, would you, would you make us people that, not not only believe that at the, the cognitive and intellectual level of I assent to that truth, but would you would you make us people that believe that to the point of living it? That you are for us, In Jesus name, Amen. I'm going to give you two announcements um, just right now, because
0: we're not going to be doing them at the end. And the end might look a little bit different than normal. So first of all, Hope Mission is uh, putting on another dinner for the people that, whom they serve. So that's a lot of our neighbors here in, in the neighborhood. And so if you would like to participate in that dinner, they need 10 to 14 volunteers. It's on April 14th. That's a Thursday evening. So that's the Thursday before Good Friday. Okay, so it's a long weekend. You can stay out a little bit later, but it's only six to eight. It's at New Life Fellowship. Again, they need 10 to 14 people, and they are open to having youth volunteers as well. So you would be welcome to sign up your family and say that part of the way that I disciple my kids is to show them places where they can serve and and do it alongside one another. And so if that if you're interested in that, we are going to be sending out more information about that in a sign-up sheet, which is just a Google Doc uh, this coming week in the weekly email. And you can click on that, put the names down of your family members, and We'll get that off to Hope Mission soon. They're also looking for people to provide desserts. And it doesn't need to be the same people who both volunteer and provide desserts. And so if you would like to do that, there will be a portion on that sign-up sheet for you to provide desserts as well. They're looking for pies and that kind of thing. Second announcement is, as you know, we are having a potluck slash lunchtime after the service. So whether you're comfortable sharing food or just having your own or just sticking around for a longer conversation. You're more than welcome to do that. So that's what's happening after the service. And interestingly, someone called me up last night, nine o'clock at night, and said, I have a whole bunch of extra Cobb's bread that got donated to our bread ministry and we couldn't get rid of it. So, do you guys want it? I'm like, Yeah, we actually have a potluck tomorrow. So, I don't have butter for your bread, but if you want bread, if you want to take bread home, like there's quite a bit of it in there, actually. And so, whether that becomes part of our potluck time or you just take it home or give it to someone in need, it's there and it's high quality bread. So, uh, sorry, those of you who are online listening to this, but uh, for the rest of you, it's it's there and available. Okay. All right. I'm not doing a full-blown message. What we are doing is we're going to have people sharing storks, And so what I'm just going to do is introduce a, a little bit of the concept and theory behind this um, before you actually hear how these truths are touching down in people's lives. And it's the people that you know, because they're currently here in this room, except one who's online, but you know her as well. Just call it out for me. What are some of the main things Jesus did that he is
1: most known for? Healing. You got it right away. Healing. Casting out demons. Interesting how often those two things are linked. In scripture, actually. Healing. We're done. You guys
0: got the right answer. You could keep calling him out later. You could talk about it amongst your tables later on. But
1: Jesus was most known for healing ministry. Um, What does that tell us about our God? What does that tell you about our God? Jesus comes and he says, if anyone has seen me, they have seen the Father. What was Jesus most known for? Healing. What does that tell you about our God? He's a healer. We've lost this and we shouldn't have lost it. We serve a God who
0: is not indifferent to the circumstances of our lives. As we see most clearly in Jesus, who says, If anyone has seen me,
1: you have seen the Father. What is the main reason? Jesus healed. Why did Jesus heal people? I'm really powerful, and I would love to do things just for fun to show off. Is that why Jesus healed people? Why did Jesus heal people? Compassion, his his deep love for people. If anyone has seen me, you've seen the Father. What does this tell us about our God? How should we approach our
0: God as we think about the needs that we have in our lives? We need to reframe and reorient the way that we think about God, because we often approach God as though I have to beg you and plead with you in order to convince you to possibly fit it within your great plan to do this. To heal this, whether it's an emotional need, whether it's a physical need or something like that, that is completely out of line with the God we see in Jesus, and if
1: anyone has seen me, they have seen the Father. Tell me I'm wrong. I dare you. I will take it, but stand up and tell me I'm wrong. We'll talk. If anyone has seen me, they have seen the Father,
0: and Jesus was most known for healing. Because God has healing
1: deeply on his heart for the people in this room. Whether it's something physical, whether it's something spiritual, whether it's something emotional.
0: God doesn't sit back with sort of passive indifference to watch how his children struggle through their
1: lives and say, Don't worry, it'll be better when you die. Okay? Name for me one person who came to Jesus and did not get healed. He didn't ask for healing. The rich young ruler said, what must I do to inherit eternal life, right? So, and and Jesus gave him the answer, right? So. Name one person who came for physical healing.
0: Name one person who was currently being oppressed by the evil one. And Jesus sent them back and said, it would be better for you in the long run if you kept this condition, because God's going to produce perseverance in you and endurance. Name one person that he sent away when they came for healing, and he sent them away and said, no, this would be better for you. Does, are we going to allow Jesus to define and show us the Father, or are we going to allow our own experience and some of the, um, I would say, bad theology that we have inherited, where we say, you know what, there must be a plan and a reason for this?
1: Did Jesus ever say there must be a plan and a reason? For no. We have a God with a deep part deep of compassion who wants to heal now i realize that that raises questions about why haven't we seen it but those are the right questions
0: to ask and if you ask them with humility and start to engage in that question you will find that there are actually some good answers for it jesus never sent some away someone away because they didn't deserve to be healed. He didn't have compassion
1: for them, or it would be better for them to keep it, or anything like that. That's not the God that we serve. The Lord is good to all. His compassion is over all that He has made. That's one of the Psalms, right? Jesus shows us that most completely, most fully, and if we start
0: there, we can let that reframe our understanding and expectation for how God should be at work in our life. Start with Jesus. Now I realize some of you are thinking the the Apostle
1: Paul had a thorn in the flesh. God said, my grace is sufficient for you. What else does he say in that passage? He says, I have, Received a messenger from Satan to torment me. I would suggest to you that the thorn in the flesh is a person, not a physical condition. And how often does the Apostle
0: Paul complain about people who are persecuting him? How
1: often does he list the, the whippings and beatings that he has received. So it's a metaphor, right? The, the thorn in the flesh is a metaphor. So you have to choose
0: whether or not it applies to something physical or something emotional or something spiritual or some other situation in his life. And he describes it as a messenger from Satan to torment me.
1: As a legitimate, exegetical, hermeneutical option. Use fancy language, right? Interpretive option. And it fits with the God we see in Jesus. Okay. God is not indifferent to your pain. That's point number one. There are different types of healing we see in scripture. Some
0: of it's just straight up emotional healing, right? Think about Zacchaeus or the rich
1: young ruler. Rich young ruler had the opportunity. Zacchaeus actually took it. What did he receive? He met God. This I guarantee you, Zacchaeus thought God hated him because
0: Zacchaeus had sold out God's people and was working for God's enemies. I guarantee you, Zacchaeus thought God hated him, and he met Jesus and discovered that when I look in the face of Jesus, I see God and I recognize God does not hate me. That's healing. Think about the do you remember the story of the, this woman who's had back pain for eighteen years and the what does how does Jesus describe the healing that just takes that just took place after he healed her? He said Uh, As people say, you shouldn't have done this. He said, should I not have set free this woman whom Satan had bound for 18 years? Is all back pain demonic? No, but that one was. Sometimes
1: physical healing and spiritual healing deliverance go hand in hand. Do you see that? I'm getting blank stares. I need some nods.
0: Where I'm going to repeat myself. Did you see that? This is a woman whom Jesus says, these are Jesus' words, whom Satan has bound for 18 years. He set her free of back pain. In order to set her free of back pain, what he simultaneously did was set her free from the enemy. Do you see how those two things can be linked? I, and do you hear that the way I'm phrasing that? Can be linked, not always are linked. Think about a boy who was brought to Jesus with epilepsy, and Jesus says, "No, this is demonic right the, the The demon has been throwing him in the fire, right sometimes it's just epilepsy in this case, it was not. Think about the woman who comes to jesus um, she's is she a Samaritan um, she's a Gentile. she comes to Jesus and she says Set my daughter free from a demon. So now we have a little boy, the epilepsy, who's had a demon. We've now had a little girl who's had a demon, right? Jesus set Mary Magdalene free from the demons. That's So we have a man, uh, a woman, Mary Magdalene, a girl, this little girl who was set free. Uh, her mom asked her to be set free. We have a little boy who got thrown. Do you see that it can be
1: anyone? There. Okay. So do you see that? First of all, it could be anyone. All right. What did Jesus do with those? What he did
0: when, when Jesus set people free from the enemy is he sent them all to Africa and they've been there ever since. Right. No one in North America should ever suffer from such a malady as the demonic ever coming into your room or into your lives. Right. You know what? You guys smile and you look at me. But I guarantee you, that's the way we've all operated. Because no one has ever, ever come up to me and said, I think I've demons. I think there's something from the enemy that's actually involved here. And yet Jesus acknowledged that as a live possibility. And we never have.
1: We never have, despite its clear teaching in scripture, that sometimes it's demonic and it needs to
0: go. We operated as though they all went to Africa. We're quite happy to acknowledge that it happens with the missionaries. Not so happy to acknowledge that it happens on home base. First thing that Jesus does when he goes into a synagogue in Mark is he finds the most religious people and he
1: casts out a demon out of a guy who's in a worship service. Right? So it's not just the drug dealers downtown in Red Deer. It's not just the people in Africa. It's
0: people in worship services. Okay. We, what we need to recognize when when um, when Paul says uh, in Ephesians, he says, "Do uh, not let the sun go down on your anger. Do not give the devil a foothold.
1: He's talking to Christians. And even anger can give the enemy a, a legitimate place with which to... Take a stand, right? Have influence. This can happen and does happen to all of us.
0: Okay, so it's stuff that we need to be aware of. It doesn't make you a bad person, it means that there are just different entrance points that the enemy has into our lives, and we want to deal with those. And Jesus does. So we sometimes in healing ministry will
1: just draw a distinction between rats and garbage. Okay. Garbage attracts rats. Okay? There's just junk that happens
0: in our lives. You don't forgive someone, you give the enemy an opportunity. Your garbage invited rats. You get angry with someone, you let the sun go down on your anger, it results in bitterness. You just gave the enemy a foothold. Your garbage invited rats. And so, what we do as we go through healing prayer ministry is we start to Ask the Lord and these people to, who go through it to identify where's there been garbage in my life and acknowledge the possibility that
1: there may then be rats, okay? This is part of being human, right? So as we go through healing,
0: we've been talking about healing prayer. And what we're going to share now is a whole bunch of stories about healing prayer. And people come for all sorts of different reasons. Sometimes it's addiction. Sometimes it's just, I feel really stuck in my spiritual life. And I want the Lord to help me through because I feel stuck and I can't get through it on my own. Sometimes it's that they're looking for um, help with trauma or depression. Sometimes it's you actually
1: need to go through inner healing where you deal with the garbage before you can get to physical healing. So what we're going to do, Well, let me just share then my story and then we're going to pass the mic.
0: I went through inner healing and deliverance for fear. Uh, that was not the only thing, but we we identified a whole bunch of things. But I'm just going to share one story. I I was a person who, if I felt attacked, would like like in an argument where there's conflict uh, and things start to get heated, I would actually start to shake. Like it, it was to that point where I I would get I would get very very jittery because I just couldn't. There were There were unresolved identity and fear issues in my life that I needed the Lord to help bring healing to. And so I went through healing prayer and deliverance specifically to deal with fear. And what God did was start to identify where in your life have you actually believed lies about who you are? And how has this impacted your decision-making and your identity? And as the Lord started to get down to some
1: of those roots, we dealt with fear. And then we kicked out rats. I don't shake anymore. And if some of you have noticed, I've been a little bit more bold <laughs> in the last year.
0: It's because I dealt with fear. It also comes from just deep conviction
1: as well. There, there's other convictions coming up too. But there, there's healing, right? There's hope. So what we're going to do now is just share a whole bunch of
0: stories of hope and healing. So I'm going to invite Sandra and Megan up. They're going to share a little bit, and then we're going to hear some testimonies from other people.
2: Hello, hello. Check. There we go. Good morning. Nice to see everybody. Um, Yeah, we are excited to be up here and just sharing a little bit about stuff that we have been learning the last couple of years, I guess. Um, and so we have had the opportunity, um, actually through someone that Sandra had met originally, um, to be involved in some inner healing training and, um, someone's taken us kind of under their wing and we were able to kind of sit with her through some different, different, um, sessions and things like that. Um, and this all happened after Sandra and I had actually been through our own inner healing um, sessions. That's kind of what started it all was um, just getting to the point where we just needed both needed to kind of do some of those deep things, um, searching things. And the spirit had just totally led us to to Hannah. And um, yeah, so that's kind of how things got started. Um, but it's been very um, it's just, it's been quite amazing. And the women that we've met with so far, um, have just come with such seeking hearts and, um, just a readiness and a a desperation to get to the bottom of some of the things that they know that, that is holding them back and that the spirit is asking them to deal with. And so, um, as a, as a person who's, in a position to to lead these things. It's sort of um sometimes I felt like, wow, I I don't know how to do this very well. I mean, we're just called to kind of um we've we've been doing some training and we're watching the videos and we're doing lots of prayer and preparation. But really it's just been amazing to see how the Holy Spirit has um so faithfully led in the leading up to those sessions and um, in those sessions, and there's times when um for sure you we just we feel the spirit um there and working, and there's no feeling other feeling than that is there, and so um we've just really felt like um i really feel and i 'm sure Sandra does that this is the start of this for our church and for our city, for the people that we know that we can share these testimonies with. I, I believe this is just the start of the wave. Like we're at, we're at the bottom of the wave and it's already a big wave. And it's really, really cool. Um, and Jesus is using people all through our city. In this, it's not just here at Unity Baptist. There's people all over, and people going out and and doing these healings, and people coming to the point where they just know they need a touch from Jesus, and they need stuff to leave it at Jesus' feet. And so, um, some of the things we know that it's hard work. And you, I always say to people when we sit down with them, like you are brave. You have to be brave to dive, dive into this. Because it's, it's not the easy work. It's easier just sometimes to leave it alone and let it just kind of gnaw at us, right? But that's not the way we should be living. And our prayer is that people will find true freedom um, from the things that are just gnawing at you. And they might not be full in your face, They just might be a little bit under the surface. And and we've just experienced in my personal life, I know Sandra has, and the people that we've met with, um, just the changes in them instantly. And praise be to God for that. Um, Just a couple of different areas as we get talking, you'll hear today, um, physical pain is one area, Um, memories, forgiveness, bitterness that Ben talked about. Shame, guilt, dreams or nightmares, um, depression, anger, guilt, sexual sin, generational ties, um, anything to do with the the occult or enemy enemy spirits, right? That might be um, tormenting you. Identity, just your identity, how you feel about yourself. Um, There's just so many different areas, and as you dive into it, some of these things do come, do come up. So yeah, it's hard work, but we just through today, we just really want to encourage you to listen to it. And we're praying that everybody will search their hearts and, um, that if the spirit just needs to push you in that direction, that Holy spirit, just do that. Just do that. We welcome you here this
1: morning. Um, yeah,
3: so I think just as from the leadership perspective, like we see it as a great privilege and a blessing, um, for God to use us to walk with somebody through inner healing. Um, like Megan said, like there's nothing better than seeing the Holy Spirit at work and guiding somebody into freedom. Um, so yeah, we're, we're very dependent on the Holy Spirit to guide us during these sessions and even before, um, Individually, we spend a lot of time praying for the person and our time with them before our session, and even just asking God what he wants to say to them. And um, sometimes the Lord will give us a picture or words of encouragement or a verse that we'll share with them at the end of the session. Um, so Shelly's given me permission to share a quick story from her session um, So the Lord actually gave Megan and I the same verse for Shelly, which we didn't know um, until we were sharing it with her at the end of our session. And um, the verse just really overlapped with with the pictures that the Lord had given her in her session. Um, So yeah, it was just cool to see that work in that way. Um, And then I actually had a second verse for Shelly as well, and it just happened to be her life verse, which obviously I didn't know, but that was just the Holy Spirit um, using us so that he could bless Shelly in that way. Um, Another time when Megan, Hannah, and I were um, meeting with a lady. um, She's not from Unity, but um, yeah. And so all day before meeting with her, a certain song kept coming to my mind. Um, So I shared it with, with Megan and Hannah and we weren't really sure what to do with it or when to use it, but, um, but it was there. Um, And so during our session, um, this lady was really struggling to hear clearly from God. Like there was like something blocking that. Um, So we did a part of inner healing called the wall. And basically it's like, Sometimes we build a wall around our hearts to protect ourselves from hurt, Um, but it also kind of creates a barrier between us and Jesus as well. Um, So we want to take that wall down. So um, we actually have the person visualize what their wall looks like, um, and then we have them ask Jesus if there's a tool that he wants them to use to take the wall down. And so we had this lady do that. And right away she said, oh, I got the word worship, but that doesn't really make sense. And maybe that's just for me. I don't know. Like most people will say like a hammer or a chisel or something. Right. And I think that's what she was expecting to get. So she was a little bit thrown when she got the word worship. Um, So we knew that the Lord had given me that song for that specific moment. And so we played it right then. And we just quietly prayed over her. Um, and we saw a significant breakthrough after that. Um, she was able to see the wall come down and, um, then able to hear God's voice much clearer after that. So, um, yeah, dependence on the Holy Spirit in these sessions is huge. Um, So Sarah Bender and Kristen are also part of our prayer team. I'm putting you on the spot, Sarah, but do you have anything that you want to add? Okay. Okay. Um, Yeah, so I'm just going to share a little bit about my own time of walking through inner healing. Um. So, about a year and a half ago, I was really struggling with just the sense of being really weighed down. And, like Ben said, like almost like stuck. And I knew that God wanted me to deal with some things, but I wasn't exactly sure what it was or how to do it. Um, and I was chatting with a friend about it. And she started telling me about inner healing, um, which I had never heard of before. Um, but I felt like it was something that the Lord was calling me to do. So, I set up that appointment and um a couple of days before my session i went to a ladies conference in edmonton and i remember us uh, singing a song about the joy we have in the lord and we just repeated joy 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 over and over and over and i remember like my heart sinking cuz i literally could not bring myself to sing those words cuz it wasn't my truth um i didn't carry that kind of joy there was something there in between me and that joy and at two separate times over the weekend I actually had two different ladies pray over me and they both said oh I feel like you have such a spirit of joy but there's something blocking it and I think there's some things that God wants you to deal with and I was like yeah I know (laughs) right um so um yeah, a couple of days later, I went for my inner healing session, and the Lord gently but powerfully revealed to me that I was carrying a lot of shame. Um, yeah, and it was it was just like a subtle shame, one that had taken root, and I had just lived with for so long. It just became a part of me. Like I wasn't tormented by it daily, but it was just it was just subtly there. Um, and it had become a stronghold and I didn't realize that it was holding me in such bondage, keeping me from the deep and intimate relationship that Jesus was pursuing me. Um, so in my session, there was confession and bringing some of that darkness into the light. There was forgiving myself. There was renouncing the lies that had settled in surrounding it. Um and then surrendering it to Jesus. And we, um, we had a time where I pictured myself meeting with Jesus at the cross um, and handing him over the shame and asking him what he wanted to give me instead. And the word was joy. Um, and in that moment of releasing the shame and pouring it out, I gained complete freedom from it. And it made room for the Lord to fill me with his full joy and all he has for me.
2: Awesome. Hey, just awesome. So, um, I shared my testimony here at a ladies event in the fall and, uh, so I'm not going to do the whole thing again, but just a Coles note version, but, um, my healing was about Soon after it was about a few months after sandra's and the start of my healing there's it's a- pro- it turns out to be a process for me i think a little bit but um I was realizing that in my life um i was mm, little things would be little things, and even if they were hurtful things or uncomfortable things or things that were um, just not okay, became bigger. And I started to realize that um, my reactions to things maybe weren't completely um, appropriate in some situations where um, even though the thing in itself wasn't ideal <laughs> and hurtful, um, for me, some of the things were taken to a different level. so I started to kind of realize this in myself, and it all came to um, it all came to to light for me um, upon reunion through my adoption, which happened in the last two years and so for me i 've realized that um, through my, adop- my adoption, I was adopted when I was um, six months old. And so I've realized that I had some undone things from that. And it is my belief for me, and it's not always the case. It's different for every person. But there is an underlying um, level of trauma involved with that. Um, And for each person, that will be a different level. And how it affects you will be different as well. And so for me, I could just feel like oh, something's kind of not quite right here, right? And as I got into reunion, which has been fantastic and amazing um, and really, really positive, it still brought up a whole bunch of emotions that I was like, wow, I didn't I didn't know that was there. <laughs> uh, maybe how long has it been there? How long have I been feeling that way? And maybe I've been feeling that way my whole life. And so it was just a whole... Um, really a life-changing experience to go through. And I just started to realize that I had unforgiveness and I had um, bitterness that needed to be dealt with. And so um, I didn't know if I was completely ready. I actually did a lot of um, book studying, a lot of reading, which a lot of us go to, self-help books. A lot of us do that. How can I what can I learn? What can I that kind of stuff? And so I I did that and I felt very prepared and I, I knew that I needed to go for prayer. Um I knew that was part of my journey. And so I say now that, oh, I wanted to get the head knowledge before I went for prayer, and that's just the way I chose to do it. And now as I'm walking through something else, I see that it should be the opposite. It really should be the opposite. And so, but that's the way I did it. anyway. so I I went for prayer, met with um, our friend Hannah, another lady. Sometimes you meet with people you know, sometimes you meet with people you don't. And I just, they just walked with me, cried with me through areas I didn't even, I didn't even know. The spirit was so, so gentle that day um, with me because there's a lot to unpack, right? And I think for me, what I just felt was the bitterness. Um I, I they were able to walk me through forgiveness of uh, birth parents, forgiveness of a birth father who introduced a spirit of um addiction, uh, a spirit of fear, um, even just the very um the very feeling of being place for adoption, given up for adoption, although however you want to say that, um, forgiveness to um, birth parents or adoptive parents maybe who um, has been a struggle with, with some of these adoption issues for us. So, so many things that you just, it was like, yes, I need to release that. I need to feel the freedom of that. And wouldn't you know, the next day after they've walked me through going back to the womb and seeing where Jesus was when I was in the womb and seeing where Jesus was when I was in foster care, a time I don't even remember, and seeing where I was as a little girl, kind of feeling lost sometimes. Wouldn't you know the next day, the feeling I woke up with was completely different. I mean, I left feeling lighter, but the next day, any bitterness that was there Right from the first phone call of a person I was struggling with, the next day, I had complete freedom from any of those feelings. And so I just, I just want to give all, God all the glory for these things because it wasn't me. It wasn't me reading self-help books. It wasn't um, me just deciding I'm not going to hold on to this forgiveness anymore. It was completely the Holy Spirit who did that because I would have held on to those things for years and I would have no idea how they would have been affecting me. And so I just give God all the glory for that. That's just part of my process. And wouldn't you know it now, I have something else in my life that I know I'm going to need some help with. And I haven't read a book, but I sure have been going for prayer. So um, we can't just let these things sit. Um, Life is literally too short, and Jesus wants to heal us. Um, We're going to share some more testimonies, because testimonies are just awesome. And we can just hear from people who are have felt the touch of Jesus in different ways, and there's so many different ways. And so we're excited to have Christina joining us with Zoom, on Zoom, and she's going to share a little bit about uh, her healing touch this morning.
4: All right, I think I'm unmuted. I think you can hear me. <laughs> um, we're actually online this morning because Dave came back from the States earlier this week and tested positive for COVID, so we figured we should not share that and just share um, my story. Um, So my story of healing prayer starts about a year ago. Um, There were several different things that had been happening kind of in our family and extended family. Um, We were part of our small group and people were praying for us that way, but we had a few different people suggest that we might want to seek out some specific additional prayer because all of these things together might indicate a spiritual attack of some sort, but no one was quite sure. So Dave and I met with um, Ben and Joel and Sandra Kedju. I don't quite know what we expected when we went in, but we were open to whatever God wanted to do. Um, We ended up splitting off into um, two different groups. So my time with Sandra is what I'm going to talk about today, um, which took me in an unexpected direction. Not necessarily what I was thinking might happen, but it was definitely where I needed to go and where God needed to lead me. Um, So Sandra and I prayed through some memories from my past. Um, These included some difficult memories and trauma related to losing children, both before and after Liam was born, Um, memories of Liam's birth. Um, He was very premature, born at 27 weeks, Um, and some praise um, for God's protection through that. Uh, Then some other memories through struggles and feelings related to our whole journey to become parents. Um, We ended up pursuing adoption with three of our children, um, and other feelings and stuff about myself as a mother. Um, we were able to unpack some of the lies that were deep, deep, deep inside me, um, and the shame that I felt because I believed those lies. Um, they had become part of who I was and what I believed about myself. Um, so we were explored those and prayed through those, um, and I was able to sp- specifically remember and describe and feel where Jesus was in each of those difficult situations. Um, We asked God to expose specific lies that I believed about myself, and we asked that the truth be made clear, and that the truth would replace those lies. Um, We prayed through some grief and some guilt, and I was able to clearly see where Jesus was, to feel his protection, to feel his comfort. Um, I was able to give him my burden that I was carrying, and to accept the peace and comfort and hope that. He was there ready to give me that I hadn't necessarily seen before. Um, we spent some time listening to hear what God wanted to tell me about my journey um, and about what I was currently walking through. And he told me that he always has my back. Um, now, in the past, through all of the other things, going forward for whatever is to come. Um, he told me to lean in and lean back. Um, I have a tendency to stand up. By myself, um, to remember that he is behind me and will always catch me, that I, I don't have to do it alone. Um, he brought up a verse, um, Psalm 91, verse 4, that says, He will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. So I could see that Jesus was the only hedge of protection that I need. Um, he surrounds me with a circle of light. And that Jesus is standing with me within that circle. And by taking down the wall that I had built um, and letting go of the lies, it allows Jesus to step in and to fill that circle in my life and the life of others with his goodness and love. Now, this past summer, um, our daughter, Mima, some of you know, broke her femur playing rugby in Calgary. Um, She had several post-surgery complications and was in the foothills ICU, sedated and on a ventilator for 12 days. And I spent many hours um, every day um, beside her. And I spent a lot of time crying out to God at that point. Um, the doctors didn't know whether she was going to live or die. So neither did we. Um, but the images and the words from that healing prayer time with Sandra, um, so probably about six or seven months before that, came back and settled around me. I could feel Jesus at my back holding me up and holding me together, I could feel and actually see the prayers of other people um, for her and for us as a family. And I knew that regardless of the outcome, um, that in the middle of all of my fears, that he was my solid ground and my refuge. I knew that I was not alone and that my job, my role in all of that was to lean in and lean back And through that, he gave me a profound peace and reassurance that he was God, that he was above and below and in and around and holding every little piece and that he could bring me through anything, that he was the foundation, the beginning and the end, and that it would all come together and it would be okay, regardless of kind of what happened, um,
2: so that is my specific story about that. Thanks. Thank you, Christina. Isn't that, that's amazing, isn't it? Let's give God all the glory for that. And I will say the continued work, right? So Christina had that session earlier on, and then as something came up in her life, um, Jesus had given Christina and reminded Christina that she had the tools and the authority to use in those that situation that came up. She didn't have to run back for another session. That She had seen Jesus at work in her life and the spirit at work in her life. And then when something came up in her life that was, um, you know, seemed like it, it's just too much, she had The tools that she needed. And that's one of the things that in our sessions, we like to remind people that when something comes, comes up and something might, right. Because, um, we realize the enemy is at work and doesn't like the progress that we've been making. Um, we have the authority to take, take a stand against that and to just say, no, in Jesus name, you are, you cannot do that to me. And so I have dealt with that, and you will not remind me about that. And so there's, and I I claim your protection because you've protected me before, right? Like all of those kind of things, which are just become more part of your toolbox and the stuff that you run to uh, more quickly. And so, Christina, we're just um, giving. God, the praise for, um, helping Mima through that situation and you guys, but just really that he was, um, so evident to you and you were able to see that and were able to feel that. Um, and so we do kind of go through with people, um, about the lies that Christina was saying lies that we might be believing. Right. And, um, we ask people to bring those lies and say, "Forgive me, Holy Spirit, for partnering with these lies." And that lie has no place here. And so, what do you want me to believe, Jesus, in place of that lie? Show me. And the Holy Spirit has been so, so generous and so um, gentle with us, just to reveal those things to people. They will. We will get words when you ask Jesus that with all your heart. What do you want me to believe? What do you believe about me? Jesus will show you what that is. He will give you a word. And so we, um, we just like to remind people that we have the tools. We have the tools. We have the spirit within us. And um, so we just leave space for that is basically what we do when we're, we're meeting with people. Intentional space. So um, we're going to now hear from Shelly. If you can come on up, Shelly. Shelly is going to share a little bit of her... Story
1: with us now
5: All right, um I wear this necklace that says "Be still as a reminder because i 'm not good at that i 'm good at keeping ridiculously busy, and as Sandra talked about, the numbing or how it 's easier to not deal with things, so my healing prayer time um, was in November, and it wasn 't a decision I jumped to really quickly. It was something that took me a bit of time to come through. Um, I'd had the privilege of having, of hearing both Sandra and Megan share their stories of deliverance through their inner healing time. And I'm like, yes, that's probably something I should do. Um, and like the good, um, amazing friends and sisters in Christ that they are to me, they were very gentle with me in that. And I remember at one point saying, I feel like it's when you're at summer camp and there's an altar call and you know you need to go forward, but your feet feel like lead. That's where I am. But I did come to the point of having that evening, um, and it was very hard. Um, I don't say that to dissuade anyone from going through this, because I think it's an incredibly valuable experience. And I think it's something everybody, if we're being honest with ourselves, um, is in need of uh, so i have always um, struggled to memorize scripture but i can memorize song lyrics really well and so for me that was part of how some truth and words came to me in my healing session um, christina gave a really great overview of kind of the the process that this can take as far as um just having to answer the question of why are you here today um like Ben I had a lot of issues around fear fear was a pretty uh hardwired response that I would come to and so I had to delve into why that was um and how I came to realize that was I said like it was a very episodic of probably a few years ago now I think it was Meg leaving leading worship that particular morning and she was leading us through a song we sing often, and part of the chorus says, I'm no longer a slave to fear, and I could not get those words out. And I thought, what is happening here? Because I love to sing, but I just couldn't. And so I realized, like San said about a song for her, that that wasn't her truth right then, because I was a slave to fear. Um, Like, as Christina said, I I was led to walking through um, some... Memories of trauma, including my dad dying in an accident just a week before our wedding. Um, My mom dying of cancer. Ruby's, uh, my pregnancy with her being very high risk from 11 weeks on, which made for a really long 25 weeks until she arrived a month early. Um, Yeah, just huge fears I had around Wes's health, um, different things like that. And so one of the things I struggled with initially, um, but that as the evening progressed, just came much easier was because I'm a verbal processor, I talk so that I can think. It was really hard for me initially to to picture things and to just have that be still time and um, I so appreciated my sisters sharing that they'd been praying for me in advance of of this healing time. Um, some words that I received and truth that God wanted me to know again came in the form of song lyrics, and this is a very special one to Abigail. So it was really neat that it is one that came to me, and that was this I'm a good, good father, because he is. And I think we often lose sight of that. One of the Um, probably most powerful, there was so much that was powerful. But as I was preparing to speak today, one of the things that um, you get walked through is that when you're recalling a memory, you'll then be asked to see where was God in that. And sometimes I paused for like two or three minutes because I was just really having to think about it. But in all of these, or in the majorly traumatic situations in my life, it was that he was at one point, you know, hand on my back, or uh, just beyond the glare of the OR lights when Ruby was being delivered by emergency C-section. So it was that reminder that He's with us always, and we say we believe that, but do we? Like I'm, like I'm pointing a finger at me, but then also at all of you because I that was something I was convicted of. Where if we if we say we live in faith and we trust that God is with us always. Why was fear a trigger response? So this was something that I worked through with this. Um, When Megan and Sandra shared the verses that they had both had laid on their hearts, um, leading up to my uh, prayer healing time, it was just almost eerie, but like so super cool. Of one of the pictures I had been given in regards to my mom and her passing was an ornament that she had and it was of a mother owl with her wings out and her babies lined up under her wings and i you know i shared that i'd had that as a picture and i was recalling like much like this morning if anybody noticed ruby tends to stand in front of me sometimes she wraps my cardigan around her um the picture megan had for me was like around things about mom me being a mother, and so that was so neat that i 've got this picture of this owl with her babies under her wings, and then i 'm going to share psalm ninety one one to four because as sand said as they as Megan and Sandra were both, and while well, Kristen obviously too was praying. The Lord put this verse on both their hearts to share with me, Psalm 91, 1 to 4. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely he will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly petulance. He will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and your rampart. And I just... Um, that was just such a powerful visual for me. Cause like I said, I don't tend to be a visual learner so that, um, that was, yeah, that was powerful. And probably the biggest, like Megan said, you know, waking up the next morning with a spirit, a feeling of lightness. And I just had to be even amazed at myself of like little things that would cause me to panic. Like if I lost sight of Ruby at the playground or things like that, like I, I didn't like I still had an awareness, but it was instead of that being my go-to, it's like, well, no, she's here. Like, that's all right. Like, she's all right. And I have to share, not to put Joel on the spot, but throughout COVID times and I don't want to rabbit trail, but he had just shared that he didn't have fear around that. And I that's that that I was awestruck by that because I did. And now I understand it because with Wes's health challenges that we've had since kind of the middle of January. People will say, well, are you guys okay? And we're like, we feel more than okay. And that is only of God because anything worldly, any worldly understanding of what's been going on in our house in the last 10 weeks, there's no reason for people to think we would be. Um, But we are, and we're just so grateful that we don't have fear around our future because we know God is holding us. That was another um, picture that I was given just of God's, outstretched hands and, um, just that that's where he wants us to rest in him. And, um, I guess I would just close by saying much like, you know, for those of you who maybe attended summer camp in the last night, or if you were part of a church that had a tradition of altar calls, if you feel the least bit of a tug on your heart, I would really encourage you to explore, um, healing prayer ministry. It's, it's been a game changer for me and I, have just been super grateful for the opportunity I had to walk through that time.
3: Thanks Shelley. Um yeah, I remember just being so encouraged in Shelley's session just by the pictures that the Lord was show- was showing her. Like They were really vivid and detailed and they were scripture, like they were straight from his word. Um, So yeah, it was just really powerful to see um, him share his love for Shelly in that very visual way. So yeah, thanks for sharing, Shelly. Jody's going to come up next and share a little bit of her time.
1: All
6: right. Good morning. I'm just going to admit it. I'm very anxious about doing this and I may tell people how to deal with their anxiety, but that doesn't mean I'm good at it. So just bear with me. Um, so for me, the journey kind of started, well, started a long time ago, I suppose, but a couple of months ago, Ben preached about listening prayer. And one Sunday, he, um, I will probably get emotional. So um, he was talking about, he had us picture ourselves on the boat with the disciples and the, the storm is brewing and he's, you know, okay, we're there. And, and then he talks about Peter walking the water. I'm probably getting it all mixed up because it's, um, kind of jumbled in my head, but, but he was talking about Peter walking on the water and I could just picture myself. Like I had my hand out reaching to God, but I, I put it away and didn't, didn't feel like I could reach to God. And that was kind of in my mind. And then the next thing he had us, do uh, thanks a lot, Ben. No <laughs> he had us picture He wanted us to picture being in a place and time, whether it was good or bad an experience we had had, and bring ourselves back there and ask God to show us where he was and that and um and I knew exactly where God was thinking
1: I instantly knew <laughs> um so so several years back.
6: I was working in a job where I had a client who committed suicide, and many things happened before that experience, and many after that, but I cried out to God so many times for this child, and I knew God, that's where God was taking me back to that moment, sitting in that funeral for this young woman, and, um... So anyway, so after I knew that and I was like, I'm not going there. And I just kind of broke down at my house. And then I was like, okay, obviously God's trying to tell me something. So I talked to a friend a little bit and she asked me a few questions that really got me thinking. She said, what are you holding back that's making you go back to that place? And I was like, thanks a lot. Now I got to really think about this. Um, so so the next Sunday, like all week, it just kind of just, just weighed in my head and in my heart. So the next Sunday I asked, I was telling Ben about it, and I said, I don't know what to do with this, and you've been talking about prayer, and I can see that this is hugely impacting me, but I don't know where to go with it. So he suggested healing prayer, and I knew once he suggested it, I was like, well, that's going to be a fun journey, <laughs> and mostly because, you know, I'm, I'm well aware that a lot of things that seem like it's this thing have a lot more going on underneath it is what I do for a living is help people figure out what's really underneath all the stuff they're dealing with. So, um, so I was like, yeah, I can see where this is going to go. This will be interesting. But I knew I needed to do it because I just couldn't stand feeling it anymore. And I knew that that situation had impacted me greatly and that I haven't really dealt with the trauma of it. So anyway, so I saw it out. These ladies, we, we set it up and we did it and it was, it was amazing. But the very first, one of the first questions they asked me was, Why do you think you're here? Like, what was it that made you decide to do this? And so I kind of told him the story, and I said, I think that's when I started putting God at arm's length. And then without even thinking about it, I said, I think that's when I stopped trusting God. I said, God, I can't trust you anymore. I have cried out to you, and you're not listening. Um, And so it was really, I I I knew I'd been pushing God away for a long time. I didn't really realize just how much I'd been doing it. So anyway, so that was kind of the... What brought me and we started talking about it and there was a moment the week before and during that where they talked about like kind of seeing where God was in the different times when we would pray through different parts where's God where do you see him what's he trying to tell you where he's at and at least for that situation itself when I said where's God (laughs) because when Ben asked me or told us that. you know, picture where God was in those moments. I was like, God, you weren't there. I don't even want to go back there. I didn't see you present. And then, but then when we did like with the healing prayer and everything, God kind of told me, he says, I was there. I was weeping with you. And I was weeping with those foster parents. And I was weeping with that bio family. And I was weeping with those sisters that were left behind. I was weeping with you. And, um, that was pretty profound for me because I guess that I'd pushed God away and was like, where have you been? But, um, and so, I mean, it was neat because there are so many different elements of the healing prayer, and they were so important, each little piece that um, different parts of me, because it was more than just that moment in that incident. There was some other things about myself, some doubts. Um, there's anger towards God, anger at myself, disbelief in myself and who God created me to be. And so it's been neat because since then God's been, um, I'm, I'm there with you, Megan. It takes me time. So it's not like, boom, I'm like, it's all good. <laughs> um, he's been slowly re- renewing my faith. Um, moments I doubt myself, he shows me that I don't have to. Or um, even in that week right after that, I had prayed a specific thing for a specific person for a long time. And I kind of quit praying because I got frustrated, just like I had, like I was talking about. I can't trust you with my prayers anymore. But I that week, for whatever reason, I changed the prayer and I prayed again and something changed. Um, can't I, cause I'm not gonna tell you that story or that situation. That's a private story for that person. But, um, but God did something and he heard and he listened. And so I, he's slowly been renewing that in me that I am listening. I am hearing you. And, um, yeah, I'm slowly trying to listen again. So, but there's one verse that, uh, it keeps going through my mind as I was thinking about coming here. And it wasn't necessarily one that came up during the healing time. Anyway, I'll just tell you what it is. There's a story, and I think it's in Mark, um, where a guy is asking Jesus to heal his child. And Jesus says, you need to have faith and believe. Do you have faith and believe? And he says, I, I believe, but help me in my unbelief. And that's kind of where I feel like I'm at right now. I've been telling God, okay, I believe, but and he's slowly he's slowly renewing my faith so I can believe again
1: and one of the things that you share and thank you, Jody um
0: you have a very encouraging story. And one of the things that I really like about um, Jody sharing, and Megan shared this a year ago as well, and I've quoted it to different people, is that um, a year ago when, when Megan shared up here, she said, I've been going to a counselor and then I went for healing prayer. I wish I'd gone to the healing prayer first, but it was the point that both were necessary and complementary." And you just heard from a professional counselor who's who's saying healing prayer also helped, and it wasn't one or the other they were very much complimentary and so that that should be one of the messages that goes out here this morning we We have some more testimonies and we are going to continue, but I want to
1: give you the room like a one minute break so stand up levez vous por favor s'il vous plaît, uh, whatever um this is just your your body break for
0: one minute. If you are a parent that feels I'm feeling anxious about my kids, I should probably go get them. Why don't you go get them and bring them back? Unity is used to kid noise, so
1: feel free. Um, but we are gonna we are gonna continue because we have some more cool stories to share.
2: Okay, we're just gonna keep going, and as people come back in, we can keep going. Um... Yeah, I just want to thank you Jody for being so vulnerable to share this morning. And I do think it's um it's really important what Jody did say was that um there's different forgiveness that we walk people through. Sometimes it's forgiveness of ourselves, guilt or shame or things that we're just not able to to do with Jesus. <laughs> Arms length that we put ourselves at, like she was saying, but sometimes it's also um, forgiveness of God, like towards God, right? Um, God does no wrong, but sometimes we perceive the things, sometimes we perceive things that He has done wrong, right? He doesn't do wrong, but sometimes our perception is that you have done wrong here. And so um, that's just one thing that we sort of walk people through. Um, what am I holding against you, Jesus? And what do I need to let go so that nothing is standing in between me and you in our relationship? So um, we're going to have Chantelle come up. Oh, sorry. Oh, Maria. Oh, Maria. We're going to have Maria next. Chantel's like, what? I thought I was next. Maria's going to come and share with us.
1: Okay,
7: okay, sorry, <laughs> so um yeah, I also just want to quickly share a bit about my journey uh, with the healing prayer. I heard about it first here at church when Ben talked about it, and yeah, it was, I think in the beginning of this year that I got more and more convicted of doubt in myself about if God really speaks to me or does he really care enough to speak to me. And I just realized that I'm really thirsty and just seeking him, I guess. And so at one point I just realized no, I I don't just want to do nothing. I want to move forward. So I um contacted Ben and then I met with the ladies. And <clears throat> my expectation of going into healing prayer was I actually I told God God I really I want to experience you and I want to hear you speak in a way that I cannot doubt you anymore and it was like what do you say um like almost like a condition I said I want to experience that and he met my expectations and I guess even more and so in that I think if you're thinking about doing it, have expectations because God wants to meet those. I just wanted to share two points. I think uh, the ladies shared already many details. Um, yeah, so two things that really stood out to me in that time um, was one exercise where, we, or where I had to ask God to bring up a memory of hurt um, from my life and that he wants to heal. And so, as we walked through that memory um, where I was hurt, and as we replaced the lies that I believed out of that memory and we replaced it with the truth of God, God made a connection between um, that hurt and the struggle I have currently that I didn't expect. Like, really, it surprised me. And that was the point where I realized I, I cannot doubt that He he is speaking because that was a connection i i never made before and no one else could make and it made completely sense and yeah so but i didn't see it coming so that i knew then i knew god is really speaking and yeah as we went through that memory i could speak forgiveness over other people but also over myself um yeah so that was really that stood out and made an impact in my life And there was another situation in the beginning of the healing prayer that I also, well, I experienced it before, but I didn't know what to make of it. Um, Because as you go through healing prayer, you are closing your eyes most of the times and you're listening and you're speaking. And it was right in the beginning, I became very dizzy. Like I had my eyes closed and I was so dizzy that I couldn't really focus and I just, I first thought, just pull yourself together now, (laughs) focus. But it came to the point that I didn't know what to say anymore. So I just said, I'm really dizzy. And then um, Sandra explained that that is um, a strategy of the enemy to to distract me of what's actually happening. So it was an attack. And, but it was very calm. (laughs) That was, I think, so cool because the whole time it was very calm, even though we could see, okay, the enemy tries to really distract me. It's calm. We don't have to be afraid. We prayed and it was gone. So it didn't happen again the whole time. It was gone. And yeah, it's just cool to see that. Ah yeah. And what was also good is to know that it's something that happens often. It's not um single incidents now, but it, it can happen. And that also took away the fear of sometimes like the enemy attacking us for me, like for me that he is not really creative. Like he has a few ways how he wants to attack and how he wants to bring fear, but actually he's not creative in that. Yeah. And yes, now afterwards, um my struggles are not always just gone. I think it's the same, what Jody said, we continue to learn and, but It made a change, a difference in that sense that I I know the truth now and I can go back and I have witnesses (laughs) that I could ask and um, that I know that he speaks and he cares. And that is, I think, yeah, now a learning process, but it's good. Yeah, that was that.
3: Yeah. Thanks, Maria. Um, so just to speak a little further more about like the interference and the dizziness that's Maria experienced in her session. And like she said, it's common. Um, we don't always see it, but we do, we do see it. And, and like she said, it's just an attack from the enemy. The enemy's feeling threatened, um, and doesn't like what's going on. Right. So it's, it's, just a distraction to try to even get the session to stop. Um, we've had people say, I feel like I need to leave. And it's the same thing. Like, um, yeah, so sometimes it's uh, it's something that needs to be dealt with right in the moment as far as, like, deliverance. Um but it's not always the right timing to do that so we felt like in Maria's case it was something that we were going to deal with later so um we were able to just use our authority in Christ and um and just use Jesus's name to command it to stop interfering and to be silenced and like Maria said we were able to then continue with our with our session um without that interference until um, until we went into more of a deliverance time later in our session. So yeah, it's it's common. It happens, but, um, yeah, it can be dealt with for sure. Um, by just using Jesus's name. So yeah, thanks for sharing that Maria and
1: Chantel. I'm nervous too. So I will
8: try not to just read. (laughs) Um, yeah, I guess I'll start with kind of what brought me in for the healing prayer. Um, a while back, Ben had preached a sermon series that was on forgiveness. And through that time that he was doing that, I was going through the relationships in my life and examining them and looking at areas where I'd held back forgiveness and, um, I was able to do them with most. But there was one in particular that um probably that I had the most hurt from that I just couldn't seem to work through. And I kept trying to go back to it, but it just there was something blocking it and I couldn't do it. Um and then while that was going on, there was a second thing. Um for years before, um, occasionally, sometimes more often than at other times of my life. I'd have very dark dreams that I felt like were a spiritual attack, um, and I I really started to question one whether I was having these dreams in part because of this area where I'd withheld forgiveness, and whether that was as Ben had kind of said, um, giving Satan a foothold in my life. So I felt like that needed to be addressed. Um, so we'd gone and we'd kind of scheduled this, and then. Um, leading up to that time, I also felt like I was hearing from God that there was some generational sin in my family's life that um, that was affecting me as well as um, one of my kids um, and that that hold needed to be broken. <sighs> um, and then, yeah, talking about the actual prayer time, um, those were the two main things that I'd come in for, but I was really surprised to find just how many other things there were that were deep down in a dug roots that I needed to address. Um, Unconfessed sin, um, and then even areas of sin that I had confessed. And I felt like I'd confessed many times, but that I I just couldn't seem to forgive myself for, or I couldn't really believe God's forgiveness of those things. And um, I didn't realize what a deep hold those had and how much they'd been affecting me. Um, but then at one point towards the end, we did the, I was asked to picture the brick wall and you kind of mentioned that at the beginning, that that's something that they do. Um, yeah, I was asked to picture a brick wall separating me from Jesus. And I was really surprised by just how vivid the picture the spirit gave me of this was. Um, I saw myself in um, an enclosed circle of this brick wall. Um, some of the spots in the brick were open. Um, some areas I could see over some, I could even just step over, but others were built up and were much higher. Um, and it it was clear in the moment as we were going through this, that the wall represented areas of sin in my life. Um, areas of sinfully withholding forgiveness from others. lies I believed about myself about others about God's character um and the the tool that came to me for breaking that wall down was prayer um and I thought in that moment I thought oh this is going to be a really slow process and it's going to come down brick by brick and it's going to take lots of peeling back um but we prayed and I saw I saw in my head I saw God like just blasted away. (laughs) Um, and then when it was down, I started to realize in surrendering the lies that I'd believed and the sin that was connected to those, um, and exchanging them for God's truth, um, just how deeply they'd affected me and they'd taken hold in my life and how much freer I was moving forward. Um, I, I saw a picture of when the walls were up that um the The lies and all those things were there, and they were bouncing off and kind of echoing back and forth against the different walls and that they were affecting um, all parts of my life with relationships, with um, friendships, with intimacy with God in prayer, um even with the the lens that I was reading God's word through were affected by these lies, and with that wall down, all those things got so much clearer and so much cleaner. Um, and the verse that came to me in that moment was, um, Psalm 103, about as far as the East is from the West so far, has he removed our transgressions from us? Um, and since I've done this, I felt so much lighter. I feel like the burden on my back has, um, been removed. And as others have said, um, sin, of course, and doubts, of course, are still going to come up. Um, But I feel like I'm much more better equipped to deal with them through prayer and to take those captive and exchange the lies that I believe for the truth that God gives. Um, Yeah, one thing that I I wanted to mention was that this isn't, it's not some quick kind of catch-all solution that's going to fix everything. Um, Things still aren't perfect now and they won't be. the relationship that I'd struggled with forgiveness before still is strained and there's new things that I need to forgive. Um, but I feel like I can now keep going back to God's word and I can keep going back to prayer and I can dr- address those things um, as they come up. Um, and the, the verse that came with me to that was from Ephesians four, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor, and slander be put away from you along with all malice, be kind to one another, tender hearted forgiving each other, just as God in Christ has also forgiven you, and I feel like I'm able to actually do that a lot more effectively and not hold on to that bitterness um The other thing that I noticed has that has changed after my time is my just my desire for Um, worship and intimacy with God. And I just think of the, um, it's a song, but it's a a verse that's based on about as the deer pants for water. So my soul longeth after you. And I just have so much more of a desire to spend more time with God and to, um, yeah, and to be in prayer and to be worshiping with you guys. And um, yeah, after Evelyn was born, I just... I didn't want to miss a week here. I, I wanted to be here and I wanted to, um, worship and celebrate. And I'm just, I'm so thankful for that. Um, I realized too, that, um, if I'd done this even a few years ago when I was in a different place, um, this would have been a nice prayer time, but it wouldn't have been as, as effective as it was. Um, I had to be really willing to come to a place where I was willing to humble myself and be completely open and address areas of confession that I'd held on to for years and shame that had gone along with those. Um, but I just, I, I so encourage anyone to do this if you're feeling um, the slightest calling to it's uh, it's a difficult process, but it's really, it's just so worth it. And it's, So awesome to be um, living with so much freedom from that. Um, So I just wanted to close with a little bit more of um, Psalm 103 with the East is from the West. Um, Yeah, this is just about how awesome our God is and how much he's a healer. Uh, The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in loving-kindness. He will not always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his loving-kindness towards those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Just as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him.
1: Yeah.
2: Thanks, Chantel. Um, i just sharing your hearts, everybody, today. Just amazing. Um, what Chantal was sharing... Um, about the wall and how we saw those, she saw those changes and the spirit just showed her those things and how that wall was just disappearing. Um, yeah, it's just, it's life changing on your perspective of many things after that. Um, one other step that we do, um, towards the end of a session is, um, we take all of the things that have sort of come to light that the spirit has revealed and we, um, we box them up. We visualize boxing them up and asking um, the spirit to help us gather all of those things. And we command those things to be locked up and boxed up and that something is done with them. And we ask Jesus to reveal how he is disposing of those things. And um, I know for, for me um, and for many, you get different visions and different things. And Jesus showed me how my, um, my things, (laughs) we 're thrown into the sea, some it's just as far as the east is from the west some it's they 're burned like it's just it 's so amazing how the spirit just shows us where those things are going um and that we've looked for his peace and we ask for his peace to fill those places where those things once were because they are gone, and we ask for peace to just fill those those um those spots uh so um, I just want to echo also what um Chantal just said that sometimes it's not an it doesn't change your life's circumstances sometimes, right Sometimes things are really cleared up, other things your circumstance might just kind of be the same because that's just how the world is and how life is, but this is the key to our hearts and how we approach things and how Jesus uses us in those situations. Um, The key is to make sure we are healed of our things so we can be effectively used. Um, And I'm just feeling like I just, I'm supposed to just share one other thing in my process. And um, just because um, I think it just speaks to how it can continue And how we do have those tools and how other people can walk us through those things in any situation that we come through. And so um, the morning after my dad passed away, um, Ben called me that morning and I was really happy to hear him and I couldn't barely talk, but Ben was there talking with me and praying with me. And he just said, I just, I feel like we need to pray to see where Jesus was in that situation. And so I said, okay. Okay. yes, (laughs) yes, <laughs> I've, I've seen this happen. I've witnessed people being free from that. And I have had that happen in my own heart. And I know that's where I need, to, we need to do. And so he prayed with me right that next morning. And Jesus revealed to me immediately that he was sitting in the chair where my dad passed away. And he was completely calm. And he was just at Jesus was sitting in the chair, and Jesus was completely calm, and Jesus wasn't a disaster with all of the things going on, and all of the, the trauma and the chaos that Jesus was sitting in that chair. And so those are the types of things that we can access, because the Holy Spirit has given us that. And the situation did not change. We, Your trauma does not just go away because it's part, but you're healing, you're healing in your heart, and you know that Jesus, you see where Jesus is, and he gives you that vision and that promise, and you can cling to that in whatever you're going through, and whatever the next thing is, you can cling to that too. He's given us these tools, and it's up to us to access them, and he will be faithful.
0: Thanks, Megan. That reminds me of the verse in John, it's John 4:52. 52. Uh, Jesus heals a, a boy um, at a distance. And uh, the, the verse says, they inquired of the, of the hour at which he had began
1: to recover. His recovery began the moment Jesus spoke. But it took process afterwards. And so what you've been
0: hearing about today are some breakthrough moments where sometimes Jesus just touches someone and it's good. And there are other moments where Jesus heals someone and it's the start of the healing and it's a process. But he is a healer. And I, I think all of you quoted, had I, I'm, I was making like quotable quotes here and, and I've, uh, of all of the, the different things that you guys were saying, and, and Maria said it really well, come with the expectation that he's going to meet you and heal you because he actually wants to. Because that's where we started with, right? that That's the Jesus we see in scripture. And we should expect to meet him in prayer. We should expect that he wants to see, he is motivated to see these things change in our lives. He's a healer. And it's not just for women, right? I, I shared my own at the beginning. <laughs> You've been through it as well. Anything you want to share
1: from that or you want to just this up?
9: Yeah, I'll just close this up by just saying what we heard today is, is the same compassionate Jesus that we read in his word. The same things that have happened in scripture are happening at Unity Baptist today. But there's people who didn't make it into scripture that we don't read about that could be you sitting here today. And that's people who didn't come to Jesus for healing. Like Ben said, everybody that came was healed. But that's where each of us have to make a decision. Do we come to Jesus and say, I need healing? And so that's, that's our option. We have had testimony here that says Jesus is here. And he's willing to heal. He's compassionate, he's kind, and he beats our expectations. Or we can give in to the spirit of fear. Because the spirit of fear resides in this congregation. And we can disassociate ourselves from it. We can ignore it, but it's here. And so my call to you, my gift to this church... And we all have gifts, and that's the thing that I got out of these things, is that gifts are being revealed now. As people get set free, their gifts are are healing. And the people that have been healed are going to heal. My gift to this church is that the Lord speaks to me, and he
1: says, tell them.
9: And he says, I'm here. This is my coming out party to unity. I'm here and I'm here in power. And those who want healing, it's it's available. It's here. There's no prerequisites. There's no nothing. You come desperate, you come hungry. And that, that's what I heard today from these beautiful ladies who shared. Is I was desperate and I was hungry. And my expectations were exceeded. And so that's my call to you guys today. Desperate, hungry, doesn't matter. Where you're at, Jesus is here and he's going to do even greater things than what you've heard today. This is just the start. You know, as Megan said, this is the the beginning of the wave. We're at the base of the wave. What's what's about to come is bigger than any of us can ever imagine. And so I want to encourage you guys, like Ben said, the women are first and it's scriptural. Women are first. Jesus' mom had an invitation. She's the one who said, turn the water into wine. Listen to whatever he says. It was a mother's intuition before any man ever knew about anything. It was a mother who said, start it. It was Mary Magdalene who he showed up first to and revealed himself to. It was a woman again. And a woman have, and women have been showing up first again at our church. And they're revealing it to us. And so like Ben says, this isn't just for men. or or, or just for women, this is for all of us, kids, adults, seniors, everybody. And so I just want to encourage this guy. I I just, I want to pray us out. Um, I want to pray for uh, this church and I, because there's a power in prayer. And it was Lydia who on this Thursday, the Lord gave her the scripture that is in Matthew about the power of prayer. And we are going to be a church that's going to stand in the power of prayer and the power of Jesus. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this congregation. I thank you for each person who's been here, the people who've been here the longest, and the people who've just shown up. Heavenly Father, you say the, spe- the, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And the spirit of prophecy has been in this building today uh, of your goodness, your goodness that is far exceeds anything we can even dream about. And I pray for each person in here whose heart has been touched by what has been uh, shared. I pray against the spirit of fear. I pray against the spirit of religion. We, we bind those because your word says we can. I bind those right now, Lord, so that you will reveal who you are and what you want to do to each person in here. I pray that, that nobody leaves this congregation without making a decision that I need to meet with Jesus. I I pray that each person here is deeply, deeply affected. And I pray that we'll see things like anxiety, fear, depression. We'll see them as check engine lights on a dash. And we'll say, Jesus, why am I struggling with this? And that we'll meet with you. And we'll use the gifts that we have been given in this church. You've given us every single gift that we need in the body. And I pray that you will lift people up. And that we will become a hospital to this city. A spiritual hospital to this city. I pray this in Jesus' powerful name. And all God's people said, Amen. Some of you know what your
0: next step is. I think the Spirit has been speaking, so I am encouraging you to pay attention to that check engine light, pay attention to the voice that you are currently hearing. So if you need prayer, come up for prayer. If you want to set up or you want to talk some more, come talk. That's one of the reasons why we did the, the lunch here today, so that we we can just continue conversations so we can pray together and so on. So feel free. up, on up, let's, let's talk, let's pray, and so on. Christina Bunny also got healed physically as part of um, that bigger story which we've shared that testimony before. This past week I was limping my hip I'd, I'd hurt a muscle so badly I asked my 11 year old kid if he would pray for it and the pain disappeared like that like that so we're talking about a God who heals a whole variety of levels and he's doing it with increasing measure and frequency here around this place that's the God we love and we serve May the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. Turn his face toward you. Give you peace and bless our food. Amen. Go in peace. Bless you. Thanks for being here. Thanks for joining us, everyone online, and indulging in a longer service.